previously on Planet Arcana. In the stacks of the Grand Cog Library, Crater Wayne reacts violently to the revelation that his oldest friend betrayed him, leaving a missing piece in more ways than one. But before Crater can get too heated, the situation is diffused by Pacemaker's formidable but soft-spoken partner, Snowshoe. Partly as a means to atone, and partly to escape his criminal lifestyle, Pacemaker offers to help Crater and friends find Scavenge. Though the party is hesitant, Snowshoe earns some goodwill by providing Garbazine some relief from his withdrawals. And our heroes agree to join Snowshoe and Pacemaker on the river barge they call home. Snowshoe reveals himself to be a network defender one who can enter the digital and dream networks at will, pass information between them, and protect them against misuse. After some intense tete-a-tete, Snowshoe confirms what they have come to suspect. There are beings that exist within the networks. Snowshoe offers to lead the party into the networks, where they may be able to locate, track, and heal someone, or harm them. And so, with Snowshoe's guidance, Riot, Crater, and Celestine resolve to search for the manifestation of Scavenge that exists within the networks, progressing first into the information tier, then the calculation tier, and then further still. So, shall we join them? I can hear you. listening. I can hear the cacophony coming from all across the fifth collide. Oh, how I miss you, my dearest darling. I miss the clockwork, the neon, the networks. Oh, these metropolises, these, these verdant, desolate biomes. Oh, the fun and games we have planned. But always with the promise that we are on a blinding path of success. You will be tried. You will be compromised. I repeat, we've been compromised. But do not despair. You will see the world. You will know planet Arcana. You will find all it takes is a friend. All it takes is perseverance. All it takes is a little sweat. All it takes is a key. Let's jump in to the calculation tier where mm. we last left off with freaking zigzagging neon fractals going by you every which way. And though dizzying and disorienting, all of you sort of grasp a sense of direction and even purpose in this tier. Snowshoe, you would know in particular that the information tier is to like launch you into the calculation and then the calculation tells you where the golden thread you're seeking will be in the final discovery tier. However, there is an additional, let's say, trial that must be undergone in the calculation tier. Unlike the first one, it's a little bit more complex. It it requires a little bit more of a self-introspective 
exercise. We have to balance our checkbooks. It's the calculation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, taxes, T4s, let's do this. Let's get them on a podcast. (laughs) I sigh, pull out a spectral abacus. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, though, what I'm going to ask y'all to do is explain to me in whatever interpretation that you like, in what way do you ground yourself, remind yourself of your purpose, and remind yourself that this is the networks and not reality. Then I'm going to have you do a reality check, which is going to consist of basically whatever skill you like, and we'll see what the results are. Am I doing this at disadvantage because I'm exhausted? Oh, um, or is I, or does exhaustion not apply within the networks because I'm not within my physical body? Ah, ah. You're also that, you're also kind of sleeping, so you're, you're in the middle of a long rest. True. <laughs> that was a good freaking pitch for it. What do you think, B? I love the pitch. I love the pitch, <laughs> and you are technically asleep. Ah. <sighs> Is there a middle ground that we can do? I think that because you've used spell slots and whatnot, and maybe you don't get those back, but I would let you maybe squeak out of that little exhaustion point. Nice. Nice. Good job, Do you feel squeaking. okay about that, B? Yeah, I loved it. I love the insolence. Okay. The insolence. The paramount <laughs> insolence <laughs> of that question, and I will reward it. Hmm. So yeah, you can roll without disadvantage because it's networks. How dare you? Good job for daring. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> um, so wait, could could you reiterate what it is that we have to, it's, it's to ground ourselves? Yeah. So in what way do you ground yourself, remind yourself of your purpose here and remind yourself that this is the networks and not reality? Basically, you can use whatever skill dice that you want to roll this, mm-hmm. um, but like flavor it for me. Give me some juice. Just as a little flavor side note i'm thinking you know in inception when they all have their little object that they check to make sure that they like they understand that they're in a dream and it's not mm-hmm. reality mm-hmm. yeah that's sort of where this is going yeah crater yeah. pulls out his little spinny top hat thing <laughs> <laughs> you know the one he's been playing with this whole campaign yeah. it says no one noticed <laughs> go back and listen to the episodes it's in there it was there all along it was there the whole time we open crater's boiler and it's still spinning we're still in the dream <laughs> i um i do have keen mind as a feat which means that i always know which way is north the number of hours left before the next sunrise or sunset and can accurately recall anything I've seen and heard of within the past month. In the networks, is there any kind of like mental check of time or direction? Does Snowshoe know inherently if there are cardinal directions here and what directions things are? In the calculation and information tier, I would say, well, actually all the tiers, right, Jay? It's sort of, mm-hmm. there's no real up, down, left, or right. Mm-hmm. I would say that like with the amount of time that you've been in here, you would probably be able to guesstimate like how long an equivalent in the real world has passed because it does work slightly differently time in here that's good i would even like because you have that feet i would say you could have advantage on your reality check (laughs) (laughs) makes sense to me so i'd like this to be a perception check and here's how i'm gonna sell it to you i think that Celestine spends so much time looking at the stars and he's been studying and building this star chart that he carries with him in that in that projection disc on his belt and I think that here in the networks where we're not in the real world not connected to the stars above us and who knows maybe not even connected to the arcana I think that turning on that star chart doesn't look the same 
So when he examines the star chart, I think looking for differences, looking for for things that that he knows are different from the sky that he knows. And if it's if it's not the right sky, then he knows he's in the network. Nice. Mm. I love it. Yeah. 22. Oof. Wow. So you open up your star chart and you're just like, no, what, what, what was I doing here again? And you look at the stars and they're totally wrong. And with a rush, you sort of like cement the fact that this is not the real world. This is the networks. With that realization comes this purpose that starts to, and you can feel it, pins and needles starting from your toes and starting to dissolve upwards that you're transitioning to the next tier. Also, you gain advantage on wisdom saving throws. And no, that's, uh, oh, that's the... Oh, dang, sorry. The, oh, no! Erase that from your memories. It doesn't exist. What's a wisdom saving throw? <laughs> 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 Roll me 2d10. Uh, that's three total. Two and a that one. Is, that's how oh. many temporary hit points you get. Yay! <laughs> wow. Does not make up for the 11 that I've lost for today. Oh, <laughs> look, we took away your disadvantage. I don't want to hear it. Well, you're going to hear it. <laughs> I feel like because it's the network rather than our physical bodies, a lot of like chronic pain doesn't really exist in the same way in our bodies. And so I had this idea where Riot has done a lot with her hands over the course of her life. She knows how to get into any lock, any room she's not supposed to go in, there, you know, any number of like other nefarious activities, wh- whatever you will. <laughs> so much so that there's one finger on her right hand that catches and swells and is often just kind of like a, a dull underlying pain noticing that when she moves it, the pain isn't there anymore, which she hasn't felt in a long time. And so I want to pitch sleight of hand as my reality check. Mm. Oh, I love nice. that. Yeah, yeah. I was going to do something really themed the same way. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, it's great. It's great. Okay. I love this. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, damn. Uh-oh. That's- that's a 29. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, my God, Sky. Every Fucking time you go so high, roll. You, you just, your voice sounds so upset, and I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> 29. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so remember that thing I told you to forget about? <laughs> Advantage on wisdom saving throws. Excellent. Bah, bah, bah. Thank and you. roll 2d10, my friend. Okay. Um, oh. 18. Oh my, oh my god. Wow. wow. That's how many temporary hit points you get. <laughs> and you two start to feel like the pins and needles sort of emanating from where you first noticed your finger is no longer in pain. So I, I think I have a good control over the heat of my boiler here. I think maybe just to like crown myself and just to like realize that I'm not back home where this would generally hurt me. I think I'd just kind of wrap my arms like around my torso and then just force my boiler to get extremely hot where normally that would singe my hands essentially, but potentially not the case down here. What are you rolling for me? I was thinking maybe just like a straight constitution save for that maybe? Roll me the straight constitution of your life. You get a plus two to this because you're under my aura of protection. Oh! 
If you're within ten feet, you're within ten feet. Yes, yes, I am within ten feet. I don't. I can't imagine we're straying too far from Snowshoe. Snowshoe, I appreciate that plus two. I did just roll a nat one though. Oh, spicy! I don't know if Crater is dead. Oh my god! Well, my friend, you wrap your arms around yourself, and you start to heat your boiler up more and more and more and more and your hands should hurt but they don't and rather than grounding you in reality it just really confuses you and you start to maybe have a little bit of a confused minor freak out would you like to roll 2d10 or shall i i will roll it for myself okay thank you yes um oh god uh two natural tens uh well 15 okay that's the amount of psychic damage that you take Oh, that's fine. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, ow. <laughs> I'm afraid that you're going to have to try again at disadvantage. Oh my god, Sean, we have to talk about these dice. You've rolled so many nat ones, <laughs> but I've also rolled a lot of nat twenties with these dice. So I don't. <sighs> I, I just don't know. I, my, my heart can't take the swings. Is it really worth the trade off? <laughs> I might just try to jump as high as I can. Like, I think I understand the threshold of what I'm physically able to do. And if I exceed that or don't get as high as I think I should be able to do, then I know I'm not really where I'm supposed to be. With, like, Celestine and Riot, like, knowing where we are, is there anything we can do to help Crater? Can we talk to him, reassure him that he is truly in the networks with us? Give me a little flavor for that, and I might think about advantage. Or taking away disadvantage, rather. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Crater. Crater, buddy, now I want you to look at me, okay? This is not real. We are not we're not in the world. We are in the networks. Now, buddy, I want you to jump. Jump as hard as you can and as high as you can. And when you float up and don't come back down, you're going to know for sure. Give me that roll without disadvantage. Oh, that's better. Uh, that's a 25. Oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you're sort of like still kind of confused from like hugging yourself and your hands should hurt, but they don't. You give this jump. And you're like, I have a pretty good idea of how high I'm going to go with this jump. And you just kind of balloon outwards. It's almost like a jump in a dream where it's slowly up. And then you start to float like freaking Charlie in the Chocolate Factory in that one scene or whatever. Um, and it's very <laughs> obvious to you. <laughs> it's very obvious to you suddenly that this is not reality. You feel a little wiser. Uh, you're going to have advantage on wisdom saving throws. And roll me another 2d10 for some good times this time uh, i rolled 15 again wow that's <laughs> those are your temp hit points okay so that that kind of just negates what i just did that's easy <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> wow uh, that, that was a that was a roundabout way of being like yeah i'm fine <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah networks oh yeah right, right, right. It, it took you a while but you did get there buddy <laughs> i once again kneel down i put the halberd on my knees the calculations. What kind of calculations does this place do? Basically any calculation that you could fathom, whether it's a simple like one plus one, many different components and pieces, like any problem solving, either mathematical or otherwise is going on here. And it looks like these squiggly lines, yeah? Yeah, it's like a, the previous tiers, like fractals are kind of like forming paths and complex shapes. So I watch the shapes as I attempt to probe it with questions that will change the pattern significantly. In other words, I'm going to be asking irrational questions and rolling an insight check. Oh! oh that is so cool. Beautiful. 
For example, Shit. if the number pi were broken into three, which kind of pie would its mother serve it for dessert? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. That's an irrational question right there. Oh, I, oh. I know this one. It's 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 cherry. It's cherry pie. <laughs> Give me that roll. Of course I can. Uh, with advantage, which is good. Yes. Uh, that was a 17. Ooh, that's pretty oh, yeah. tasty. So you get a d6 dive inspiration with that that you can use on any d20 roll of your choosing for the next 24 hours as you whisper this irrational question to the fractals and all of y'all who've kind of been like either floating or standing around starting to experience these pins and needles as snowshoe asks this perfectly irrational question and you can tell that he's done this so many times the paths kind of start to snap together And the way before you is clear, and you are free to enter the discovery tier. Mm -hmm. As you breach the final tier, the discombobulating nature of the previous one breaks its hold on you, and the wave of discomfort you've experienced, both physical and mental, finally breaks. In this new tier, you feel more confident of your direction, finally knowing which is up and which is down, and the neon lights that surround you refract into pleasing color combinations and simple shapes. The feeling is markedly more comfortable, though there's still an unfathomable vastness to this place. There are no linear patterns here on which the neon whizzes by like the previous tiers, but instead a gentle stillness and a slight anticipation. As you breach into this tier and feel a sense of comfort, you also notice something before you. There is an end to a glowing golden thread that has manifested at sort of between all of you as you all came into this new tier. It, is this first scavenge? Only one way to find out. Whoa, I'm sorry, wait a minute. We're just gonna follow it and hopefully it gets to scavenge? I kind of thought you had more of a plan. He looks back at Celestine and grins. <laughs> <laughs> I am unsettled. <laughs> This third level is often called Discoveries. It's time to discover, shall we? Let's. You know, Celestine, this guy is is the expert here, right? Let's just follow his lead here. I mean, not like we have much choice. It's kind of chaotic. I love it. All right, let's go after (laughs) the gold dangly bit. (laughs) That was a way of phrasing it for sure. (laughs) (laughs) You start to follow this golden thread. And in the previous tier, the neon that was flying by you felt like they were forming complex ideas and the feeling of that uh, rushing by you is a a little bit overwhelming. And here, those complex ideas still exist, but there's sort of a serenity to them that like they've come to fruition and they've been discovered or they're waiting to be discovered. And as you slowly pull yourself through this tier, following this golden thread, you travel for a period of time that is hard to describe. And you start to notice that as you've been in here, it's hard to even describe the total amount of time that you've been in here since you fell asleep. It just sort of feels maybe like it's been 10 minutes and maybe like it's been 10 hours and it's hard to pinpoint. How much time has passed in the real world? Mm, I guess you would know. Yeah. (laughs) Probably maybe like four hours. Mm. Does that feel right, B? Yeah, I think that feels gravy, but like... It definitely feels like less mm-hmm. as you've been in here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As you 
continue through this tier and continue following this thread, you start to notice something sort of coming up over a horizon. It almost looks like some of the neon paths are becoming perpendicular to your direction of travel. But as you get closer, you start to see that it's coalescing into something a bit bigger and a bit different. What first appears to be a series of horizontal, colorful lines now starts to come into view as an actual being. The lines are bright, but not neon. And every time you glance at a different component, the lines are suddenly bent and then they return to normal. This being doesn't seem to move, rather it appears and reappears in different positions in a new shape or a new area. It emits a constant sound as you get closer, you can hear it like the whirring of an impossibly old mechanism, occasionally corrupting and blurting out scrambled utterances. From this being of oversaturated lines, a few fluid shapes protrude, tethered by strings of monochromatically static fuzz. Snowshoe, you recognize this beast to be a glitch, and you notice that your thread leads right into it. Well, like I said, there will be challenges. What the fuck is that? It's a glitch. It's a feature of uh, the digital network. Huh. A feature? What? Extra what is its purpose? I don't know if it has a purpose, but it's it exists. Perhaps it's a bug. Is it dangerous? <laughs> yes, it is. Well, how do we get past it? We go onward. Well, I think I speak for everyone when I say after you. <laughs> Maybe hold hands. And I walk forward. Okay. <laughs> stealing myself. So the plan is to just head straight forward into this being, correct? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no. was the suggestion that we hold hands? I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Absolutely. Celestine definitely like just reaches out to either side of him for, for uh, Riot and Crater's hands. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, and I like I think Crater was definitely apprehensive about this plan, but seeing the confidence in Snowshoe about oh, yeah. how this is gonna work, I'm totally at ease. So yeah, let's let's walk let's walk forward through this thing. I'll follow you into the glitch. <laughs> hey everyone, I'm Sky and I play Riot. I wanted to interrupt the show to tell you about our Patreon. What is a Patreon, you might ask? Well, it's an opportunity to support Planet Arcana while getting yourself some sweet perks in the process. For our $5 a month tier, for example, you can get yourself access to episodes a day in advance ad-free. Or our $10 a month tier, where you can get access to extra content, including episodes of Recharge, where the DMs and players discuss the events of the previous two episodes, and even get a little personal and a little weird. The more patrons we can get, the more we can start to focus on fun stuff like merch and eventually more content. Sign up for our Patreon today. You will not regret it. And if you can't commit to a monthly subscription, we also have a coffee where you can basically tip us if you like the show. Telling your friends and leaving reviews is also very, very helpful. Visit us at planetarcana.com, which will guide you to the Patreon, coffee, and social media at Planet Arcana Pod on all the things. Love you. All right. So as you start to press forward towards this thing, you do know, Snowshoe, that this is dangerous. And as you press forward, it starts to uh, move in that sort of strange way, even more so as you get closer to it, the lines bend suddenly without actually bending. They just appear bent and then appear back where they were normally, like 
like an old TV that's just trying to display something and can't. But you all get a sort of a sense of recognition that it notices that you're approaching it. And you notice that the golden thread leads right into it. And as you sort of try to peer around this massive, massive being of just lines that are corrupting, you notice that you can't see the thread past it. It's almost like this thread is heading into this thing. And as you approach, you start to hear something past just the corrupted noises that it's been blaring. You hear a voice. In fact, you hear Snowshoe's voice. I'll find you. And I need everybody to roll initiative. Uh, oh. Yeah, everyone who's close uh, to me, I believe, gets a plus three to initiative. Oh, oh my god. god. Yeah. Dang, ding, Hell ding, yeah. rang a llama. Is that all of us? Uh, yeah, you're, you're all friendly. Yeah. You're all holding hands, I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> he would not hold hands with an enemy. That's a big ol' seven total for me. Ooh. Yuck. <laughs> With a plus three and advantage, I got a 10. Wow. Oh, boy. <laughs> I got a 23. Ooh, oh, that's good. Snap. Now we're talking. I got a 17. Okay, that's also pretty good. We're going to start with Snowshoe. Your voice just came out of that thing, and it almost sounded like it was taunting you. We don't want to hurt you. We just need the information you're hiding. Let us through. And I'm going to walk towards it. The moment it tries to lash out, I'm going to attack with my halberd. Fabulous. All right, in response to what you said, I think it goes in a voice that Snowshoe, you don't recognize, but others probably would. It says, Thank you for coming, everybody. It is so marvelous to see all these familiar faces. That will bring us to Riot. Oh, my God. Okay, so this, this thing isn't physical, I guess. I mean, neither are you really in this place. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just sort of yes and no, but you kind of feel like you could get on the same level as it, at least mentally. It's sort of, it's it's almost a mental game of like believing that you are, you know. Physical enough to to harm it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can I look back to Crater and Celestine with like a cock of my arm and be like, eh? Yeah, I think it's kind of like a like a bewildered look comes across Crater's face and like that. Okay, I'm gonna move up. Worth a try. I'm gonna move up uh, right next to Snowshoe and kind of comically like <laughs> hold up my gun and like kind of point at it, being like, "Hmm." <laughs> <laughs> you holding a blasty blast? Blasty blast. <laughs> when you do that, Riot, you notice that there's sort of this vapor appearing in front of the glitch and it slowly starts to form into a humanoid figure and as it starts to gain some color maybe from the light of the lines behind it from the glitch you notice that it is your doppel reappearing your the version of yourself the unmodded young version and she looks really really frightened and as you point the gun towards this thing she looks at you and looks back and kind of has this moment of just petrified fear and suddenly you watch as she sort of falls forward onto her front and starts to get dragged back into the glitch. And you see her trying to crawl and like claw at anything to try to keep from being sucked into this thing. And she just can't. And within like a second, this all happens. She disappears into it. Oh, God. Oh, my stars. Huh. Well, that's fucked. Would you count that as lashing out? <laughs> it's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want it to be lashing out? I strike twice. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Oh, Let's see if I can do this. Uh, that's a 15 to hit. 15. It just goes between the lines, and you just can't seem to find any purchase in that hit. I 
attack again. I've got an extra attack. My goodness. <laughs> 24 to hit. Ooh. 24 does hit. Right. 1d10 plus 2. That's 5. But I'm going to spend <gasps> a spell slot to damage the target plus 1d8 for each spell level higher than the first. It's a divine smite. Mm-hmm. What does a divine smite look like for a network defender? It actually depends upon the network you're in. On the in the real plane, it looks a bit like the yellowish light because it's channeling him and whatever he's had stored in him. Bodies are kind of like batteries, right? You recharge when you dream. That's his own version of expanding recharge. But here in the networks, he doesn't need to go from his body to the weapon. He can just pull from the network itself. So the weapon itself looks like it's glitching. Ooh. As it strikes out. Ooh. Yeah. 2d8, actually, sorry. 2d8 extra radiant damage plus 1d8 for each spell level higher than the first. I'm only going to spend a first level spell slot, so I'm just going to roll 2d8. Sweet. Paladin sounds sick. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It does. This is what I've been saying. (laughs) I've never played a Paladin before, and I'm enjoying it. It's a seven. Seven radiant damage. All right. So your first strike uh, can't land any purchase between these lines, and so you just try to swing it the opposite way, and it sort of almost like hitches in between these lines, and you notice as they all sort of glitch and corrupt in the direction that you swing it into mm-hmm. and it keeps uttering or droning this wrong sound that is difficult to listen to especially close up awesome that will turn the turn back to riot where you were just kind of like getting ready to decide what you were doing and as you were deciding snowshoe just fucking went in on this thing mm-hmm. and damaged it what would you like to do is this thing a construct would you consider it a construct it is not a construct Unfortunately. So the fiend or undead? It is neither of those things either. Okay. I do have something that's a little outlandish that I kind of want to try. Yes, yes, You you know I love it when you do. Okay, so (laughs) I've just added a bunch of spells with my last level up that I'm really excited about. And one of them is Phantasmal Force, wherein Mm. I can craft an illusion that takes root in the mind of a creature that you can see within range. And I'm wondering if I can create the illusion of code in the mind's eye of the glitch to see us as a continuation of the glitch code. Okay, I think I have to roll a save for that, right? Can you tell me which save it is? Uh, target can use its action to examine the phantasm with an intelligence check against your spell save DC. That sounds like it just <laughs> happens and then when I want to interact with it, it I have to make the check. I think that's what I'm understanding. From the target rationalizes any illogical outcomes from interacting with the phantasm and an affected target is also so convinced of the phantasm's reality that it can even take damage from an illusion. Wow. Holy shit. Holy shit. Okay, yeah, so it does say that it only like it has to use an action to interact with it so that just fucking happens Uh, (laughs) oh my god okay that is so fucking cool and you're not trying to do damage to it necessarily you're just trying to like convince it that you are part of it yeah for now okay awesome (laughs) excellent so that happens anything else on your turn you still have your bonus action i guess no i'm gonna stay my ground okay well that will bring us to the glitch so here's (laughs) what the glitch saw It saw four beings approach it that looked not of this place, especially a couple of them. And it got hostile, and you can see that it has eaten up this golden thread, but things have changed in the last couple seconds. Suddenly, it just sees more of itself. How does the glitch react? Let me pitch this. I don't know what this is going to look like mechanically, but I think it would, seeing itself, like, it's not used to seeing itself, so it's a little, like, almost, like, afraid, but it it sort of starts, I think, trying to, like, grasp 
at itself, to like pull itself back into itself. You know what I mean? Like rejoin the pieces. I think even the act of doing that would call for an intelligence check. This thing, this thing is intelligent, so I think it would mm-hmm. try to okay. rationalize that. So rolling an int. Yes, please. I got a fourteen. Uh, that made it. Oh, <laughs> damn. Okay, so because it's grabbing, and you put this illusion on all of you, right, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, maybe I'll roll a d4 to see who it, like, accidentally tries to grapple as it reaches forward. Wait, oh, sorry, does it not take an, an action to interact with it Riot's does. thing? Oh, it shazam! Does. Okay, okay. I Good love freaking this. call. Curse you, oh. but you're so right. Oh okay, so it like it's like trying to like get you towards it, and then it realizes that it's not what you thought it was, and it reels back, and it says, "I don't want to work with a pig." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Harsh>. <laughs> I don't know. E- even out of context, that still stands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the glitch's turn? I think it has to be. There's not any. Oh, that was honestly like, even though it didn't seem to pan out fully the way you thought it was, that sucked. Yeah, <laughs> it's its whole turn. Yeah, you completely yeah. burned the turn. Shit. That's great. Yeah, that's amazing. Fuck. Yeah, that's the turn. Damn. Smart. But also, wow. <laughs> Crater Europe. God, I also have a dumb idea. Oh boy. <laughs> I honestly have no idea how this is gonna work, but I'm gonna run around to the side of this glitch. I'm gonna try and put like ten. To 15 feet away from Snowshoe and Riot, so we're not all clustered in one spot. And I would like to use a magic item that I picked up in, I think, episode two that, oh my I, have, God. that I have never used since. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> seeing, seeing that spell that uh, Riot just cast and see how confused this glitch got by that. I think maybe just doing a little bit more of this. Uh, I'm going to try and get. Oh the, no. I'm going to try and get the Arcana on our side, and I'm going to oh, use no. the. Uh, deck of Illusions. <laughs> so, uh, so if I'm reading this correctly, so it's a magic deck that functions as cards. I can draw a card at random from the deck and throw it on the ground at any point within 30 feet of me. A creature appears real of the appropriate size and behaves, behaves as if it were a real creature, except that it can cause no harm. Okay. Crater, please draw a major arcana from the tarot deck that you have. Oh. Okay, I I got the magician. Oh, shit. Okay, give us a little flavor about what the magician's up to. I would like to picture that as a man with with a long mustache and a giant black top hat and like a penguin suit just kind of forms out of the ground as if as if, as if a, another musician was pulling a rabbit out of a top hat he pulls himself out of the ground and then it appears and like taps his cane on the ground and is ready to go okay <laughs> so dapper that is my turn okay that will bring us to celestine i mean all right well it, i guess we're not just hitting this thing, Snowshoe. What do you want me to do here? Just hit the thing. <laughs> oh, all right, man. <laughs> sure. So- <laughs> Celestine uh, uh, then he's going to wild shape into his chariot form. And I imagine that it probably looks like a little off and a little different, maybe even a little glitchy mm. within the network. Like the constellation of the chariot that usually appears around him is probably like flickering a little bit on and off. The points of light that are usually this like white blue, I think probably are like different colors fading in and out of 
different colors like pinks and stuff like that and it's just it's different but as he does that the light gun appears in his in his empty holster and he just takes a quick shot at the thing sick oh darn well that's a miss uh that's 11 oh. to hit um but Ugh. That was my bonus action. With my action action, I'm going to cast Guiding Bolt at it. And so this is then using that same same light gun. I spin the barrel and it like charges up really, really, you know, bright and hot. And I fire it again. Amazing. And that is a 26. That one definitely hits. Okay. 4d6 radiant damage. Oof. The first shot that you took, the lines of it just sort of like separated last minute and allowed your first shot to go through. So you just picked a different spot and nailed it the second time. The first one goes through. I charge it up for this big shot and then there's like this large cannon blast of light that kind of like knocks me, rocks me back a bit on my feet. And it does uh, 19 radiant damage to this thing. Um, And the next attack against it has advantage. God. Oh, wow. Okay. Dang. (laughs) Anything else on your turn? Uh, Insolence. Snowshoe, was that good? Did I do it? Did I do it right? (laughs) Yeah, you're fine. (laughs) Okay, then then I'm good. I'm just going to stay right here then. Excellent. And that will bring us now to Snowshoe. Okay. I see this is going to require a bit more work than I thought. So I'm going to reach up into the sky with my halberd and point at the center of the glitch and cast Moonbeam. Ooh, nice. I love that spell. That's a constitution saving throw, right? Uh, yeah, constitution saving throw. All right, coming up. Ooh. It's probably going to succeed. My spell, my save DC is very low. It's a 12. Uh, I lied. It's not going to suck to succeed. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Shit. We roll real bad around here, here, so. <laughs> Let's do 2d10 radiant damage and see what happens. Howie. That's 13 damage. Oh. And it stays on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it stays on the battlefield and I can move it with an action. Oh, oh crap. Absolutely. As excellent. it hits the glitch, you hear an Aqualung's voice. Something's up, me! <laughs> oh, we're definitely doing this right now. <laughs> Are we doing a clips episode here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's our excuse for a clip show. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else on your turn, Snowshoe? That's it. Excellent. We will zip down to Riot. Riot, you're up. Okay. I'm going to try a new ability brought on by the Salifaxa I've been microdosing. Mm. It is going to be a, well, I guess, metaphorically speaking, a uh, shard of ice that I'm going to fling at the creature called, so this is Ice Knife. I love that spell. Whoa. (laughs) Very good. um, And... This is an attack. You have advantage. I do. I mean, I just rolled really fucking well. All right, well. <laughs> I mean, see if you crit, I guess. Absolutely. See if you, see yeah. if you crit. Oh, see if okay. you crit. Didn't, didn't beat it, but that's a 23 to hit? Yeah, 23 frickin' hits. Okay, so first off, uh, the target takes 1d10 piercing damage, which I'm going to roll right now. Oh, for fuck's sakes. That's a one. Oh, oh no. <laughs> but hit or miss, the shard then explodes. The target oh. and each creature within five feet of the point where the ice exploded must succeed on a dexterity saving throw. Or, because this is the second level spell, take 3d6 cold damage. Oh boy. All right, here we go. Deck saving. Oh, that was out of the box. 19. Oh. Oh. Is it half damage? Uh, uh, no. It's just oh. nothing. Oh, 
That was <laughs> that was really it was really dope for one point of damage. For one I point, know. yeah. Seriously. This is the battle of rolls not being able to land something. <laughs> no, I used it all up last game, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> oh my, yeah, yeah classic. It's okay. It's okay. We're gonna you're gonna do something great next. I can feel Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Anything else on your turn, Riot? No, I'm gonna stay my ground. Okay. Stay my ground. Stay next to Snowshoe. It is the glitch's turn again. The glitch now sees a penguin suit man <laughs> approaching it. The thing about this, though, is that it does not obscure the view of the other players. And so if you wanted to attack randomly, we can roll to see if it if that's one of the creatures that it goes after. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Okay. Um, so that was, I believe, Snowshoe. It was this thing snow. hates me. Well, this makes yeah. sense, though. This, this makes sense. It does, it does, yeah. It's okay, I'm tanking, it's fine. Um, should I roll the other one right away, just to see who the other... Yeah, might as well. It's the Magician and Snowshoe. Okay, so what's going to happen here is that a piece of it kind of starts to glitch outward mm-hmm. what will first appear to be like limbs or nodes protruding it starts to like coalesce grotesquely and like manifests in two spots coming out of it in separate directions one close to the magician one close to snowshoe limbs eyes and hair and like this roiling sickening scramble but within moments you recognize the emergence of a humanoid form that's like a fuzzy static shadow that is moving independently from the glitch but is tethered to it by some sort of digital umbilical cord and it seems to be two versions of a very familiar person one of them, Riot, you would recognize is a young scavenge. Mm. Uh, and that one uh, comes out and it's sort of like, leave me alone. It goes after the magician with its freaking, it's called, well, it's, the, the attack's called pseudopod. I'm going to call it doppel, doppel hit. Here we go. <laughs> Great that, that was a good that was a good reflavoring on the <laughs> fly Doppler. there. <laughs> Doppler Dam, yes, absolutely. Okay, so w- for this thing, if I hit it with an attack, does it vanish? Is that the idea? I don't think so. I think it would just kind of go through it, and so it yeah. would realize like not this mm-hmm. one. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a fifteen to hit. That would, yeah, I think it would hit. Okay, so and it goes through like little teenager scavenge, just kind of like goes charging towards it as far as it can while still staying staying attached to the glitch. Kind of falls face first, like when it meets nothing in the air, and it's just like, oh. Uh! Whatever, asshole. I feel uh, like when like that hit misses, the, the magician kneels down and pulls a balloon out of out of his vest pocket, and then he pops a balloon in the kid's face, and a dove flies out of there. And he's like, oh my oh. god! <laughs> I think little Skavin just like that was pretty cool. Whatever, <laughs> begrudgingly impressed. The n- other scavenge doppel effect that comes out and goes after Snowshoe is a younger but still a much more recognizable to you, Riot Scavenge, who's just like looks over at you and just sort of goes like, I would do anything for you and then just takes a fucking swing at Snowshoe and it's gonna be uh, 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 14 to hit. Nope. Oh my god. (laughs) This is embarrassing for Scavenge. Scavenge just like goes for it and it's just like a real hilarious like takes a punch and like goes spinning in a circle just like teen scavenge like lands yes. on his ass and it's just like don't look don't look at me i i, I could do it better next time <laughs> 
So a very unusually uh, self-conscious, both of these versions of Scavenge. Damn, I am loving this. (laughs) I I can't believe that I didn't land either. Oh, God, okay. Well, two illusory spells basically busted two of its turns, which I cannot believe. Beautiful, (laughs) absolutely beautiful. That'll bring us to Crater. So after, like, Scavenge's turns are over it they just kind of disappear into this glitch and we don't we can't see anything anymore correct or are they, are they still on the battlefield at this point they're part of it um they manifested because of whatever it was doing but they are still on the battlefield just kind of like almost like replaying some like almost like doing a walk cycle if you know what i mean like they're just like kind of replaying some motions it, it just looks like a little bit jilted they're with the glitch okay well, it felt weird doing a combat turn and not trying to hit anything last time, so I don't I don't ever want to do that again. That yeah. felt wrong for me. <laughs> so I'm going to run up onto this glitch. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to enter into a rage. <laughs> I'm going to do my slinky arm ability just in case uh, so I can try to deflect something if needed, which I will, I will remember to do this combat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just going to start swinging with my great axe. Sick. So I'm going to take two swipes at it recklessly and the first one is a oh that's really bad a 13 to hit misses oh boy and second one oh boy does a 16 hit 16 just hits oh Ooh. wow okay well uh that's gonna be uh 16 points of damage wow oh my god <laughs> beautiful oh my god Jesus. yeah you you fucking drag these lines up and they all just kind of like <laughs> as you like drag the axe through it and um, it's starting to look a little worse for wear. I'm going to end my turn by taking a step back from this thing. I'm going to take a five foot step back. Okay. This might be the end of my turn. Okay. As you do, you might also hear it kind of croak out to you. I haven't been called a chode since I was 30. <laughs> <laughs> and as you do, it's going to take a swipe at you. No, I, I, I planned on this. Oh. Oof. 26 to hit. Oh, Okay, I'm not even going to bother. Oh. Yeah, that hits. Okay. <laughs> Good grief. I was going to do something epic there, uh, but <laughs> it's just too big of a hit. Oh boy, I'm afraid something epic might be happening to you here, because as you move away and it finally lands, a freaking hit. Uh, and I would say that it's probably like little teenage version of scavenge Doppler effect. Reaches out and like kicks you, <laughs> you know... In the no no jo- no no zone. Um, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> you're a big meanie. He's short. <laughs> yeah, and you are going to take twenty bludgeoning damage, twenty, and five psychic damage. Oh my! And <laughs> those twenty bludgeoning damage to have to ten. And then yes. five, Ooh, yes. five seconds. Okay. <laughs> All right. And as it does, little Scavenge like grabs your ankle and is, uh, you know, after doing that hit. And I'm going to need a wisdom saving throw. Which you do with advantage. Yes. Wisdom saving throw. Ooh, wisdom is not my strong suit. Okay. So I've learned my lesson. I got cocky in that round of combat and I'm definitely paying for it. Uh, with advantage, that's only an eight. Oh, oh my God. Okay. You are going to take... Um. <laughs> 29 psychic damage. Oh my god. Yikes. And you begin to feel a memory draining from you. What memory do you lose, Crater? I I think maybe the memory that I would lose would be the first time that I met Pacemaker, like on a job. Oh. 
Um, I, I think I had said last time that it was like very vague, but I think now it's like completely pulled away. So now I don't, I don't have any recollection of the first time that I had met him. All right. Well, like you said, it was something that you were having a hard time pulling up in the moment and it comes upon you suddenly as you lose it. Just sort of this little snippet of a slightly younger pacemaker reaching out his hand and being like, I think we're going to work together well, yeah, big guy, big guy, big guy. And then it's gone. And until you finish a short or long rest, you are going to be subtracting a d4 from all your ability checks and tack rolls. Uh, oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this guy don't fuck around. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it took till freaking third round to figure it out or whatever. Round <laughs> and that happened at the end of Crater's turn. So that will bring us to Celestine. As it does that crater and as it um, the round turns over to Celestine, you hear another voice come out of this thing. This time it's Garbazine's and you hear him say, that was my memory. And that will bring us to Celestine. How's this glitchy motherfucker looking? Uh, worse for wear. All right. Not, not great. <laughs> okay, I think Celestine's looking at this and seeing like images come out and like craters clearly getting fucked up and he's just like, all right, this is crazy, enough of this. He's gonna take a shot with his, uh, with his light gun. And that is a 25 to hit. That Ooh. does hit. <laughs> and that is going to be 10 damage. Mm -hmm. 10, 10 damage. And then with his action, with my action, Celestine is going to point his gun into the air. All right. Mm -hmm. Spin the barrel again and fire this blast of like energy and in here I think it's like got an electrical crackle to it and he's going to cast call lightning over top of <gasps> the oh my uh, god over top of oh the glitch my god. oh my god it's got a 60 foot radius um, and so we will <laughs> we'll keep this like very much over the glitch and not over my pals mm -hmm. and so dexterity saving throw okay here it comes I believe that's a uh, oh boy that's not great okay uh <laughs> Oh shit, that's a dirty 20. Okay, so he's gonna take half damage. It's gonna take half damage. Uh, all right, so that is sadly only four lightning damage if it's half. Oh, uh, but that thing will stay up and I can I can do it again later. Amazing. And that's me. Okay. Um, <laughs> you hear another voice come from this thing. This time it's Jade Detective's voice. As it kind of like takes a little bit less damage than you thought it would, you hear Jay Detective say, Did I mention I feel terrific? <laughs> and it's gonna roll back to the top of the round, which is Snowshoe. So I realized something um, the other time that Moonbeam activates on the start of its turn. So its radiant damage ah. happened a bit later. And thus it will, unless it moves, it's still going to get radiant damage when it starts its next turn. Once yes. It, and it gets another save. No keeping for later. Oh, great. I'm sure you'll succeed. <laughs> <laughs> so for now, that's a strike twice. Fabulous. Oh, that's a 10. Oh. <laughs> I thought you'd done this before. <laughs> <laughs> and the second one is a 17. Oh, yeah. 17 does hit. That's four slashing damage from the halberd. Uh, and I'm going to actually use a second level spell slot this time around or more divine smi smiting. This time, yeah. I reach out as the silvery moonlight from this illusory moon built from Snowshoe's memories, probably, appears in the sky. Uh, it glows almost ethereally white as I slash down, bringing this weird glitch effect with me. And that is 3d8 this time. Oh, Yowch. Oh, yeah. That's 15 
Breathing damage. Oh. <laughs> oh, this thing, the lines are starting to move in that erratic way more and more frequently now. You can tell it's on its last lines. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, yeah, it's not looking good. And the, the drone that it's emitting is getting louder and kind of more urgent. Is there anything else on your turn, Snowshoe? Nope. <laughs> Amazing. God, thank God. Yeah, I'll just say, careful. It's when it gets its most dangerous right now. <laughs> All right, Riot, you're up. I feel like there are spots where the light, the, like the fragments of light are denser mm-hmm. and I can like back up into I mean obviously it's not a shadow because like light doesn't act in the same way here but there's like areas where it's just like the lights obscure things more so where it's thicker and I just want to like ease into like the sort of data fog that's created around us. Nice. That's awesome. And then I'm gonna come out of hiding and shoot my gun. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and you can do so at advantage because you are hiding. Okay, awesome. Thank you very much. I pictured that so cool. Like you freaking yeah. hid, hid in a lens flare and then jumped out at it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Ooh, and that's an advantage. Okay, so uh, that's uh, 26 to hit. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so here we go. Oh, God, I'm this so scared. <laughs> 23 damage. Oh, oh holy cannoli. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Ow. Holy this shit. This thing is hanging on by its last couple of threads and it's still just barely oh. hanging on but right you almost you came so close to taking it out. <sighs> and it just like it just chokes out in Celestine's voice. I thought I had seen the like and I have never seen the like. <laughs> hey. That's my life. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else on your turn? I don't think I can do anything else. It was sick, though. That was fucking awesome. (laughs) That will bring us back around to the glitch. The glitch is on its last lines here. Constitution saving throw. Oh, Oh, no. no. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I'm very good at this. Or fortunately, depending on who I'm rooting for. And I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. It's a 12. That fails. Um... So, two more d10, everyone. That's 12 radiant damage. Bifurcate oh, that glitch. Oh, my God. Um, so, Snowshoe, uh, how do you want to bifurcate this, um, this glitch? Honestly, it doesn't happen when the moonbeam strikes the second time. Instead, the moment Riot hits that good shot, Snowshoe turns away from the battle, looks at Riot and says, It's done. And as he says that, the moon shines brighter, growing bigger in the sky. And the beam just causes the glitch to slowly break away into like illusory flames made of uh, white fire. Kind of like a a magician's magic trick. As it goes, in its really like glitched out, messed up cadence, you hear higher and higher up I get, the the longer the fall seems. And then it's gone. Wow. Hell yeah. (laughs) All that remains are these two sort of doppler versions. And a similar thing that happened when Riot first stepped into the network. There's like a, a lens flare that passes in front. They sort of combine into one doppel and 
it's sort of midpoint between teenage years and, you know, riot years, scavenge. Seeing all of you surrounding him, he just kind of like curls up into a fetal position like he's trying to hide something. Go away. Don't look at me. Let's all just keep looking. (laughs) And you do also notice that the golden thread is firmly attached to this doppelganger version of scavenge. Oh my god. It's what he's hiding. His pain. I'm not hiding anything. Stop. Don't just fucking piss off. Snowshoe, what do we do with this? Is this is this what we were meant to come here to find? You can do anything from here. You can hurt it. You can heal it. I think Celestine's gonna gonna step forward and just sort of push through and crouch down next to this little curled up scavenge and put his hand on the thing's shoulder and cast Charm Person. (laughs) Oh my god. That's a wisdom saving throw. (laughs) All right, so I rolled a 13. That's a fail. So it it is, it's charmed by me. It regards me as a friendly acquaintance. Hey, have we, uh, have we met? We have, haven't we? I know you. Yeah, we've met, fella, we met. I just really don't want you to look, okay? I'm... (laughs) This isn't, this isn't me. This isn't really me. This isn't, this isn't how I want to be. I know everybody's got something inside them that they're not too proud of, and everybody wants to be in control of what they show to the world, and, you know, being strong's good, but trusting other people and being vulnerable, well, that's a, that's a kind of strength of its own. It is not a strength. It is, and I can prove it to you. Just go on and tell me your true name. Oh my god. (laughs) Okay, you have charmed Scavenge's doppelganger. But what you are asking is akin to asking for the button to stop someone's heart. So I'm going to need you to roll an additional persuasion on this. And we're looking to beat like a 15. Oh, a 20 at least. Okay, we're looking to beat a 20 at least. (laughs) I'm going to try and help. All right, what does that look like? I place a a hand on Scavenger's back and I look at him and I say, I will not let them hurt you. And I'm actually going to, I'm going to lay on hands. Oh, Oh, beautiful. Do I have time to give myself guidance on this for an extra D4? Sure. All right. Sure, sure. So I'm going to do this with advantage and a D4. Okay. And also, hold on, before you roll, I just think, I think Scavenge like looks up a little bit and looks over at Riot and is just like, you're the only thing left that could mess my plans up. What the fuck? All right, roll it for me. All right, so this is persuasion? Yeah. Okay, I have a plus one to persuasion. I'm going to roll this d4 first. (laughs) Okay, that's just a one. So two, and I've got to hit 20? Yes. All right, so I need an 18 or better. Oh my god. I got a 17. Oh my god. God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Can I give him my D6 of inspiration? Is that okay? (laughs) (laughs) Here's what I'm going to offer. I think Scavenge is like, I can't. I can't. can't." (laughs) Sometimes I wanted to and looks again at Riot. I really wanted to sometimes with you, but I can't. But here's. Here's what I can do. And he gets up and he takes Celestine's hand, nods at you both, and he is trembling visibly as he walks over to Riot and hands her the other end of the golden thread. 
and just sort of looks at you ruefully. I look to Snowshoe. What does that mean? What did he just do? He just placed his life in her hands. <gasps> you are looking for a weakness? You found her. I don't... I don't know what to do with this. No one does. Fuck. You can hurt him. You could heal him. If if I heal him, how can I be sure that he's not going to... That it's not going to work, that he's going to keep hurting people? You can't. I think that that scavenge kind of just like sinks to the floor and like <laughs> like puts his face in his hands. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm going to try to heal him. Where is the string attached to? It's sort of protruding from him, like from his chest? Yeah. I think I think I want to heal his mind. excellent choice all right i think to achieve that you might go up to him and take the golden thread where it leads into his chest and with a mighty sort of whip you kind of pull it drag it upwards until it's centered through his head instead and in order to heal him you take the other end of the golden thread and you plunge it into yourself and your hand goes through your chest and you can feel it connecting with your heart and as you forge this bond you can tell what Skivinj has been doing to his mind in the real world he has been blocking off access to basic human emotions he has been blocking off access to fear he has been blocking off access to guilt one by one all of these useless to him emotions have been blocked And you can see the final thing that he was going to block, the one thing he held on to all this time. And it's you, Riot. Would you like to open the floodgates? Yes. And so you do. And Scavenge collapses to the ground in this final tier of the digital network and weeps and seems to, like, almost spew this like manifestation of years of pent-up emotion just spewing it all out of him at once and as he does this he sort of starts to it's like a combination between the static fuzz between the pins and needles between the like fractals coalescing and it builds up and kind of shatters and recombines and it's just kind of this very confused spectral version of Scavenge, who looks up to you in fear and goes, Oh no, oh no, thank you, oh no, oh god. And he seems to be pretty inconsolable, but you can tell that you have what you have done will have a very real impact on Scavenge in the waking world. I take my hand from around his back and wrap him in my arms. Just continues rocking and sobbing, experiencing the past, well, who knows how many years of repressed feelings as they all come flooding back. It's been about eight hours in the real world. You know this, Snowshoe. Mm -hmm. You also just kind of, 
get this distant sense that you've sort of developed over the past couple years of knowing Pacemaker that he's sort of trying to call for you in the real world? It's time to leave. I say, still holding on to Scavenge, and I lightly place him on the ground, lying down. He seems to be still just going through what Rai has just done to him, kind of choking out thank yous and curses and no's and yeses. Hold my hand. Me? All of us. Okay. Hold hands with okay. me. Do you remember how we got here? Mm-hmm. There was a sound. A drone. I make a similar sound with my own voice through the, my throat. Mm. And then it transforms once everyone joins in, and I indicate they should, trying to keep to the tune. I then sing a song in North Roar, an old sailing song oh. you, you often do when you're trying to catch a whale, because that's the background <gasps> note to the song. Oh. And I break them from their concentration and free them from the networks. Shatters all around you, and you wake up where you left yourselves, in the room on the barge, on the red-sheeted beds. As you're all coming back to consciousness, one of you lingers a little bit. Celestine. Oh. It's almost like you get caught, stuck, trying to get back to consciousness. And then you go into a very familiar feeling, the same feeling that happened to you when you saw the dragon-sized hummingbird. You have another spell. <laughs> okay. Norton, this is this is treat time. This is this is where the DMs have like crafted a little a, a little candy for us. <laughs> the process of becoming known begins with the fool arcana. When one thinks of the fool arcana, they may think of new beginnings, a fresh start, innocence. In order for these things to manifest, there must be one crucial element of naivete. How does one cultivate such a thing? We do know of one particular method. If the vessel is purposefully made ignorant through lack of information, then in some matters they have no choice but to be naive. Deceit, betrayal, trickery. These things are all one-way methods of it preserving the illusion of freedom. The path goes one way, there is no return. But at the end of that path, infinite possibility. But perhaps there is a choice. We will remember you, you who once shared our company, and our decision will be related to the rips in the You absolute motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> We, we can we can talk about this on recharge, but I didn't know what I was reading when I read that. I thought, yeah, we'll 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 talk about we'll talk about that oh, more. Yeah. That was the coolest thing. <laughs> I feel so um, used. <laughs> yeah, um, just to let you guys know, in this moment, we made Peter read a longer script, and I cut words from it. <laughs> and oh I told him God. it was for something else, and I lied to my friend oh. instead of me. <laughs> This is the magic of this game. Oh, oh. goodness. I've oh. never been so delighted to be lied to. <laughs> so, okay, so that happens. And I think, in any case, Snowshoe is the first to sit up. And he sees Pacemaker literally pacing back and forth on the barge. And when he sees y'all start to crack eyes and open and sit up in beds, he's like, oh, my God, throws himself at 
snowshoe and just sort of like hugs him tight. And he's like, I was so worried as always, but oh, I messed up so bad. I, I'm so sorry. I, I'm sorry to all of you. I, I, I you know, I, I look away for one minute. You are gone for an hour. I close my eyes. I, I open them and well, and he gestures over at Garbazine's bed, Garbazine's empty bed. I think Snowshoe didn't go into a bed, right? He was kneeling. So I think he tried to stand up and then was, you know, jumped on. (laughs) (laughs) And is back to kneeling and uh, grunts a little bit as he stands up. He can't have gone far. I have no idea why he left. I I gave him the deep tissue massage and, you know, he's feeling so good. I I thought it was okay. I closed my eyes one second. I look to the others. What is his purpose? What does he desire? I have a sneaking suspicion, even though you may have helped him earlier today that he's still he's still on a mission to find some pig for himself there are only two things that he's truly desired in the time that we've known him and that is uh, to seek some revenge on scavenge and uh, to find more pig unfortunately it might be a little bit of each while i was working on him he well the deep tissue massage you know it unleashes all kinds of emotions there's actually a lot of science to back it up but in any case (laughs) you know there was some talk of proving himself not being trusted and wanting to be more powerful to well to take down scavenge at the end of the day he was thinking clear clearer than he has before i suppose you are right but he was under my care and i please believe me I, i i i I had every intention to take care of him while you were gone. Did did we remember? Did Garbazine did Garbazine ever express interest in becoming a symbiote? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He said so in the last session. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And and like remember, Scavenge was like keeping a little fun for him to turn into a symbiote. Right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, well, if he wants to become more powerful, if if that's if that's his goal, then perhaps he's gone off to find a way to. I don't know, replace a part or something like that, become a symbiote. Or to get more pig again. Ah, uh, that could be. I truly hope that's not the case. I tell you, my friends, if he is going for pig, if he is going for scavenge, we must act fast because any moves that he makes will will tip him off to the fact that we are coming. And mon frère, and he looks to Snowshoe, I think I must go with my friends and show them Cransimine Grove. Of course. I'll wait here. See if he comes back. But, and I look to Riot, please understand. The situation you have left Skivinjin is, he is at his most vulnerable. If he feels too threatened, he may repeat what he did. This time worse. Yeah. And we do not know the sacrifices that man has already made. If he was to do them again. (sighs) I guess there's only one way forward. One way to find out. Go, Miss Emmy. Emmy, luck be on your side. Thank you. Hey, it's Jay, one of the DMs. I just wanted to take a moment to shout out our incredible guest, the incomparable Nordinelli Kadir, aka Snowshoe in the Planet Arcana world, aka at Werewolf Feels on Twitter and Twitch. Please go check him out online to see all the fabulous tabletop RPG stuff he's working on, including writing, consulting, guesting, so many things. I would especially recommend his other current running show, The Atomless, which is an amazing Starfinder actual play that he is featured in. Thank you, Nordinelli. If you fell in love with him in these episodes like we did, he will be joining us on our talkback show, Recharge, which is found exclusively on our Patreon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>